0: Hello, I'm Kyle Caldwell, and in 2024's first bonus episode of On The Money, we hear from Richard Wilson, Chief Executive of both Aberdeen Personal Wealth and Interactive Investor. Outside his day job, Richard is a keen investor with a passion for opportunities in India. He tells Richard Hunter why this market is of particular interest and how investors can access it. But... He started by explaining why he thinks investing in general is now more important than ever.
1: Well, if you we look at what's happened in the UK over the last decade or so, um, the responsibility for your long-term financial future has increasingly fallen into your own hands. Um the, the days of the, the the defined benefit pension have have largely gone. So now your your long-term financial health is down to you and that really is a question of of how you invest and the eighth wonder of the world as they say is compounding so you really want to start investing as early as possible and to be in the best place that you can in the longer run to have the life that you want to lead
2: that's right and of course it's not the rich man's game it once was either in terms of the minimum amount you need to invest uh, or, or the extraordinary amount that you need to pay well
1: what's happened in the last um ten years, and I'm very proud that we're being part of that process, is both to reduce the the cost of access to investing from what might have been £100 a hundred pounds a trade back in the um in the noughties to now um either free investing or in our case um you get free trades, but um the standard price being three pounds ninety nine, which makes um investing uh, available to all in fact we've just um introduced a uh, a pensions product called pensions essential which provides uh, all the services you need from uh, starting to um draw down for as little as five pounds 99 a month so access has changed dramatically So has the um, experience available. Part of the problem or challenge for all of us is that we we struggle with confidence to invest and it can be very confusing. What technology has allowed us to do is increasingly make that experience easier so that it's more straightforward to um, make those choices that are best for you. And progressively the regulator and the FCA has also um, been supporting and making um, some of those choices more straightforward whether it be clarifying guidance and advice so that uh, more people can take advantage um the last thing of course is that the choice of investments have expanded dramatically um in the last 20 years where uh, any adult in the uk can choose between fifty thousand different instruments around the world which is of course a mixed blessing because that can be also like entering into a supermarket with no labels um but that that choice has got greater so for the uk um, retail investor and for uk plc many of the ingredients are there to help
2: people along that journey which segues perfectly uh, into my next question um you've highlighted china and india as uh, regions of interest and and perhaps before we get to that we can just uh, remind ourselves just how populous these countries are according to the latest figures we have there's a global population of 8.1 billion. India is number one with 1.43 billion people and China just behind in second at 1.42 billion. And just by way of comparison, the number for the US is 340 million and the UK 68 million. So perhaps we could start with your thoughts on and opportunities arising from India, Richard. Um, Thank you. Because you've
1: you've, you've spelled out why by definition um, those markets are interesting. They're just enormous um and they have been growing although their uh, experience and um situation is quite quite different if you look at india first um on the one hand you've got an economy there which um has been growing at around six and a half percent gdp and is expected to sustain that um for in in the medium term and it's um inflation and interest rates have been moderating now i think this year it's uh i want to say this year 2023 um is looking like sort of five percent print um on inflation and interest rates moderating down to that level as we look um, further into 2024 so that gives you a, a a headline growth number which um for a large economy is substantially ahead of most of the other leading economies of the world, um, India's already overtaken uh, the UK in terms of GDP, and it's uh, expected to um, overtake both Germany and Japan in terms of GDP um, in the next two or three years. So you've got a uh, a country that um, is 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 clearly of interest. At the same time, what you see there is um, an economy that has a functioning democracy. Um, there's two very, two different words yeah. and uh, a stable government, um, Modi, I think has been in for nearly 10 years now and based upon the state elections that took place in December, uh, you'd expect in the autumn elections that, that it, you'd have to be, um, a brave man to bet against him continuing in power, which provides a lot of con- consistency. Um, as well as that, you have, uh, the legal structure in India is something which is largely inherited from, from uh, the English law, which provides a level of legal certainty. And digitization-wise, um, it has, according to most opinion, the most digitized uh, economy uh, in the world, and of the 1.4X billion people, now over a billion people have the digital ID cards, which is quite, quite extraordinary. So, um, relative to the rest of the world, um, you have to look at India as being somewhere which uh, has uh, a material opportunity. Um, and you look at individual sectors, uh, whichever they may be. And of course there's been uh, all sorts of complications through COVID to get real transparency, what's going on. But you look at the property market in India, um, and you look at the fact there's an roughly 80 million deficit in housing units, um, with a growing economy where the middle class is expected to grow by around 20 million a year over the next 20 years you have clearly areas of um, substantial opportunity um as the economy uh and the the, the population becomes wealthier that's a similar story historically uh, if you look at china coming back but clearly um china's context is both compelling on the one hand because you look at the Whilst the growth rates have come off materially, and now I think they're sitting at GDP growth is about four point five percent, and uh, interest rates and inflation potentially to drop down to something around two or one and three quarters, um, it has four hundred fifty million uh, in its middle class. Um, it is, um, by any stretch of the imagination, the the economy which will compete with the US as the largest economy. There's obviously different views about whether. And when that will take place, but it is clearly um, an extraordinarily influential economy. At the same time, you have more recent uh, concerns which uh, introduce uns- uh, some some question marks. The most important of which is the the U.S.-Chinese tensions um, around Taiwan, and in, fact, in the other conflicts of the world, which uh, creates um, some some concern. You've got the post-COVID recovery and what's happened to the Chinese economy in the short run, which again, it now appears to be dipping into deflation. Um, and you have state intervention in the, uh, the large consumer tech businesses, which obviously raises concern in terms of um, competition. Um, so they're very different stories, both economies, as you say, in terms of population, are uh, somewhere around three billion of the the world's eight billion population, which is clearly um, uh, a significant chunk. Between those two, given the the different contexts, I mean, my my vote goes for for India uh, today, and hopefully um, in the the near term, uh, the U.S. and Chinese economic vital interests will 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 encourage the those um, those governments to to um, find some accommodation on the other issues that they've been struggling with.
2: Certainly in terms of the nuances between these two massive countries, um, both were driven some years ago by, as as you mentioned, the emergence of the middle class mm. as well as urbanisation. Um, certainly in terms of China, there was uh, additional propulsion as the Chinese began to adopt Western medicine, which obviously put the cat amongst the pigeons in the pharmaceutical sector because, again, you're opening up, Opening up a potentially massive market. Are those themes still in place for either or both? Um, well, you've got, on
1: the one hand, those those themes are still what drives um, those conversations. On you have a transparency issue in one of those markets, China. It's actually quite hard to be clear what's actually going on and what the actual facts are, which is which is unhelpful. Um, and India, uh, by contrast, has has struggled to find its um, its feet in the manufacturing sector compared to the the, the powerhouse that China uh, has been. Um, but between those two, I mean, the one thing that uh, would tend to to um, increase confidence in one versus the other is India being a democracy versus China being a, a command economy, um, and your ability to flex and adapt and compete your way um in in different sectors whether it be pharmaceuticals or technology or manufacturing um you have to believe that um that whilst a command economy can get things done quickly um it's not as adaptive as a a, a market economy which um can flex to, to new targets as your assumptions are affected by reality because as technology of view of what what the future looks like
2: so for for those and there will be many uh, of our viewers whose interest has been peaked in india mm. in particular the next question is how to gain exposure to india for example um, clearly as you mentioned at the very start it's rather more straightforward to get exposure these days than it was 20 yeah. years ago so what what sort of things could investors be looking for for a, a nice exposure to india well, there are um, a number of diversified
1: um, funds um, and, and ETFs that um, have both um, specific uh, focus on India and China, and within their different segments of, all, of those markets. Uh, as a non-resident, um, it's it's possible, but very hard to um, invest directly in the Indian stock market. And uh, possible and sorry impossible or improbable to invest the Chinese market today, um, directly. So, um, you really do need to invest via, um, some uh, diversified product of which there are, there are most of the providers, most of the asset managers have, have a range of products which do that and they're, um, reasonably cost-effective and provide you with some balance exposure, either to the economy
2: or to particular sectors inside that economy. Well, that's that's a very interesting point because it also depends on what level of exposure you want for example even within our own FTSE 100 you've got mining stocks uh, which are in and out of favor depending on the perceived demand situation moment from China in particular um, you've got the likes of Prudential who are now battling down in Asia and Africa so that's a, effectively a China play not to mention the likes of Burberry of course where uh, the power of the tourist um, is, and the health of the China economy um, is something that's very important so there are also other ways to to put your foot in the door as well there are and of course you also have some
1: areas um, like consumer tech which um, from being the darling um, all of a sudden you see sustained intervention and confidence in that sector gets gets disrupted so you've also got the the question of trust in the environment is is what you see what you get um, and for as long as China is perceived to be intervening um that obviously will take um it create a bit of a discount frankly on some investments as as um, a large part of the value is about confidence in in a stable environment which um in the last year or so um china's uh clearly exhibited the, the will to materially intervene in some sectors
0: thank you for listening if you enjoyed the episode please leave us a rating or review and follow the show in your podcast app and if you get a chance tell a friend about it too. You can join the conversation, ask questions and tell us what you want us to talk about via email on otm at ii.co.uk. In the meantime, you can find more information and practical pointers on how to get the most out of your investments on the Interactive Investor website at ii.co.uk. See you on Thursday.